Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Blue Jays. Today, we got a ton to talk about. Yariel Rodriguez has signed with the Blue Jays. We're going to have a little bit, go into a little bit of a discussion on the attitude check of this team. Check to see, do we really think that with this attitude, this team could be a World Series champion? Also, we're going to go in to a special look, special segment of Carter's Blue Jays draft. You are locked on Blue Jays. Your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Blue Jays. Thank you for making Locked On Blue Jays your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Well, Big uh, free agency signing, or not free agency signing. We finally get a splash. It's about time that uh, Ross has finally moved the needle a little bit for me, anyway, in free agency. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think this blows anything out of the water, but um, I also think it's a good piece to add. I'm going to throw it to you, sort of let everybody in on on what's been going on. Yeah, I think it looks like I'm a little bit more excited than you are about this one. So uh, we got Uriel Rodriguez, the first ever Cuban pitcher for the Blue Jays. Uh, the contract details are it's a four-year, $32 million deal. Uh, he played, the last time he played was in actually the 2023 World Baseball Classic. And he had two starts there against Australia and the Netherlands. And before that, he actually had a great season in Japan as a reliever. And I'm going to give it to you, Brayden, about the, the stats over there. Yeah, so he pitched 54 innings. He gave up 32 hits, zero home runs allowed. That's a big statistic for me. Um Nine nine runs allowed, but only seven of them were earned. Um, 18 walks, 60 strikeouts. Big difference. I love it. Um, and then a total ERA of 1.15. Wow. Do Which statistics there really like um, makes you think that this is a really good signing? I think, like you said yourself, it was the home runs. Uh, with all those innings pitched, no home runs, not even and all of his mistakes. If he's throwing mistake pitches, they're not getting the barrel of the bat to the the ball yeah so clearly he's doing something right giving up no home runs that's a stat that everyone's going to love you're gonna have to beat this guy the hard way and string some hits together yeah I'd say I'm excited about this I don't think it's necessarily maybe as a fan it's not the big splash that you that you're looking for but I think overall it's a good signing um there's a lot to talk about like where do you see him what's his role gonna be for the next four years yeah, so that is an interesting question, actually, because, yeah, in Japan, the last time uh, he pitched, he was pretty much just a relief pitcher. They did try him out as a starter, didn't really go too well. All of his uh, his velos kind of dropped, his spin rates weren't as good, uh, just not as complete as a pitcher as to coming out of the starting rotation. So, yeah, as soon as they moved him to the bullpen, he gave a lot of great stats. As for his role with the Blue Jays, uh, I did say it was a four-year deal, but I think this is kind of going to be more of a three-year deal for uh, a guy like him. A little bit unproven coming from uh, the Japanese league. Not as great hitters coming out of there. Um, what he needs to do is I think he might be able to battle for this fifth rotating uh, rotation spot here. So I think if I was Ross Atkins and John Schneider, what I would do is I would let Alec Manoa, Bowden Francis, and Yariel Rodriguez all battle it out for that fifth spot. Let them just duel in spring training. Whoever wants it more is going to be able to uh, to show you. And you'll see the heart and mentality uh, throughout spring training, spring training and uh, how much they want it. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like that take of, of you know, make, make someone prove it, right? 
make sure that some of these players um, have to fight a little bit. I think we're going to get into that in the you know in the in the next little bit here about the attitude and and the want to win, right? So if if one of these guys really are going to move the needle and want to win, I think that's huge. And and I mean, I'll go over some of his uh, his pitching numbers right now. And this is where you might see the um, the difference maker that he could be. So his fastball he throws as a 96 mile an hour pitch. Spin rate's pretty good on that fastball, which is not the biggest deal, but it but it still matters. Uh, the slider that's his big pitch. That's the one that's going to get a lot of um, a lot of swing and misses. Eh? A lot of swing and misses. Um, I think especially as a right handed batter, you get a lot of those sliders breaking away from you. A lot of swing, swing and misses. But I think the key, if you're a good sliding pitcher, is to be able to throw it inside on lefties and actually, you know, have that almost handcuff them or that, that down and into lefties. I think that would be really, really huge. Yeah. That slider is definitely his best pitch. I was watching some clips actually of him. Cause I, in the Japanese league, I don't follow that too closely. So I was just trying to familiar, familiarize myself. And that slider was making people look silly at the plate. That is his knockout pitch. Yeah. He loves to throw that in the outside corners because it, it, the way it breaks out of his hand, it looks like it's a strike. And then at the last second, it's got that huge horizontal break. So if we can kind of take over that Jordan Hicks role, I think, uh, out of the bullpen, because, yeah, we need we lost, obviously, a big role. He's not going to give you, obviously, the same velo. But with those five pitches as a relief pitcher, that is a huge arsenal to have. And I think that's why the Jays are just kind of looking at the potential in this uh, this deal here. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, like you said, I think he's going to start the, the year out this year in AAA, sort of just finding himself, finding where he fits, where, where he will be able to fit in on this team. But if, if that is going to be a bullpen role, I also don't hate that. I think that, that could be very useful to this team. I think you can never have too many pitchers, right? Absolutely. Um, and it opens up possibilities of, you know, if he's really good and Bowden France is really good, then maybe you find a deal for Kikuchi, right? And bring in one of those power bats. Um, there, there's, there's lots of options. But uh, to finish off, he throws up a couple other pitches, which... The slider's the main one. These ones, I think, the, the the times that he was throwing them is like a very low percentage, but he still has them in the arsenal, which is big. So he's got a curveball at 77 miles an hour-ish, a splitter at 89 miles an hour, which to me is not enough of a difference between a fastball and a splitter. That That's true. It's only that six-mile-per-hour difference. But we have seen a lot of success with uh, splitter pitchers on the Blue Jays. you got Kevin Gosman. Probably the best player in the league. And then Eric Swanson. They loved it, actually. They had Gosman go. And then Swanson, surprisingly, right after. And it was very effective out of the bullpen. So those two sliders, they don't grip it the same way, which I find interesting. And it's very effective, obviously. Yeah. To uh, a, a great reliever in Eric Swanson. And Gosman, always going to be uh, up there in the Cy Young uh, candidates. Yeah. And his final pitch is a changeup, which he throws at 86 miles an hour, which I think is the better drop-off. And it is it is strange for pitchers to, to have a splitter and a changeup, I find. But if, you know, one's on one day, one's on the next day, you know, that's something that he's going to have to work out. And maybe he drops a pitch. Who knows, right? Um, but there's there's so much. I, I mean, does this open up for you? Does it open up any trade bait for you? Uh, I think this is an interesting question. I know uh, Yusei Kikuchi had a, a really good year last year. And obviously that contract is team friendly. However, it is only a one-year deal. And with this move uh, for the future, I can see them moving Kikuchi. I have heard some uh, some rumblings of them moving on from Anoa. I'm hoping not because I just don't think you'll get the right value from a guy. Yeah, who who had... still could possibly bounce back. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. he had a, obviously a horrible season. He has some uh, issues off the field that he's going to have to take care of. 
but it's going to be a battle between those uh, those three pitchers. Belton France is, is really a sleeper for me with that fifth, uh, fifth starting rotation spot. A sub two ERA, I don't think he's getting his flowers, and uh, we should be talking about him more. Yeah, it's sort of crazy, right? Uh, a lot of these players in the minor league system really don't get the love they deserve until they make the move up like Davis Schneider, right? Um, and, and then he shows you what he can do. Um, but I think, yes, people need to stop, start talking about this kid. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll start to see, I think more and more, he's going to get it used this year, uh, in that, in that lineup. So it's going to be a crazy year and, and we'll see what, uh, what this new guy brings. I think so too. It's going to be fun to watch, uh, first ever Cuban on uh Cuban pitcher story on the Toronto Blue Jays. Yep. But speaking of, uh, Schneider, we're actually, that translates us to our next segment. We're going to be going into John Schneider and how we view his managerial decisions over the last few years. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is a fast, easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all in price prices, view from your seats. That's a great feature, actually. It'd be able to see exactly what seats you get, the view you get. Because sometimes you don't know. There could be in some stadiums, there's a pillar or there's a, a wall right there, right? So it's good to be able to see, make sure you get the value from it. Um, and, uh, they have best price guaranteed game time takes all the guesswork out of, uh, buying tickets. Um, me and my couple coworkers, we bought tickets to a Winnipeg Jets game and we sat four rows from the glass, got absolutely amazing tickets. It was, uh, the price was in the green. That means it's, uh, it's wow. like a well-priced ticket. Can't like go a, wrong with that. Yeah. So it was, it was unbelievable. The experience was so good. That's the first time I've ever sat like right near the glass. So much fun. Finally affordable. Yeah. Let's see it. Uh, so you can see, yeah, like I said, you can see the view from your seat, which is awesome. Um, you, you'll know if you're getting a good deal based on the, the red or green it gives you. Um, so yeah, take the guesswork out of buying all the tickets with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase term supply. Again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So I think this is a segment that I've wanted to talk about for a while. Um, This is sort of like two parts here, because first of all, we discuss, I think, the elephant in the room of John Schneider and sort of the couple of mistakes he made, big mistakes that he made managing wise with this Blue Jays team, then we'll, we'll move into a little bit of the attitude and in within the, the dressing room and, and so, with some of the players, but I'll, I'll throw to you first with John Schneider. Do you put most of these blames on him? I think you have to, I think uh, the problem with this team that I'm finding right now is that we've kind of gone too much with like the new school technology and they're kind of forgetting about these just old school, just, common things that you should just be seeing on a baseball field just go back to the common eye test right and that you've seen this for the last two years in the playoffs especially playoffs especially which john schneider has just made like bad moves over and over again clearly it's not worked out back-to-back years and there's a couple spots that uh pop into my head for sure when i think about john schneider and some bad managerial decisions and i'm gonna i'll let you uh outline your top three here well, the, the first one has to be, um, with Barrios, this playoff run, um, we, he pulled him early 
um, when obviously he was absolutely cooking, right? Um, do you have the stats actually on uh, how many innings it was? Yeah, he got it was three innings pitched. He only had one hit given up, and he was around forty five pitches, looking probably the best he did all year. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, with those, uh, with the one hit given up, it was the he gave up the hit, and then they pulled him immediately, which is. There Shocking. Was a lot of not nice things said in this household after yeah. uh, that move was made by John Schneider. I, I know that this is a common experience for the, us fans here. I I was dumbfounded. I could not believe that you see a guy just absolutely dealing. These at-bats were not even close. It was looking like it was Barrios playing against 10-year-olds in minor league, yeah. in uh, Little League baseball. Yeah, It was crazy. And you see, obviously, the Jays only score one run in the whole series that's never going to be enough yeah. to win you any games or playoff series in the MLB but still I mean you have this guy 45 pitches it's the biggest game of the year elimination game and you decide to go to Kikuchi which I mean he has been good no, all year yeah but it's just, just could not make that sense of that in the moment and and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this a lot of riding the hot hand so my second biggest one without I, I could go back to the Gosman one, but but I sort of want to transition into here about riding the hot hand to Davis Schneider. There, the, the problem is there's so many to pick from of bad managerial decisions by John Schneider, but I'm going to go with not riding the hot hand of Davis Schneider because he comes in is batting am- amazing. I mean, he hits a home run, his first major league at bat. You're getting me aggravated just talking about it. Yeah, I, I know. And then... We decide John John Schneider and probably Ross Atkins. I don't want to just put the blame, all this yeah. blame on John Schneider, but they decide to then take him out for the next two weeks. You know, sprinkle him in here and there, but really he doesn't see straight time, and which which really annoys me because you see a guy playing well, or you see a guy playing so well, like Barrios, like Gosman, like David Schneider, and it was consistently making the wrong decision. Yeah, I mean. I can't believe this guy is on historic pace. He's setting records, home runs, extra base hits, just hitting the ball hard. And then I think what happened was he had a two-game stretch where he just kind of fell off, which, I mean, happens to MLB players. Yeah, you're not going to bat 500 for the entire season. And that shouldn't be expected from him either. And they decide, oh, yeah, we're, we're done with this guy. We're going to go back to Santiago Espinal, who moves to Neil Moore, apparently. Uh, apparently, and yeah. And Kevin Bishop at yeah. that time was not playing his greatest round of baseball. Whit Merrifield was struggling. So it just didn't really make sense at all. Yeah, in the moment. Yeah. Um, then I, I'm I'm gonna throw you to throw you to this one because um, you actually we were talking before and you you painted a good picture of Alec Manoa. Yes, this Alec Manoa moment. I think this one for me is the most inexcusable moment all year. So this is the situation we have Alec Manoa who was struggling all year. We all saw it, and he's finally kind of having a good outing. He's still struggling a little bit through here and there. But made it through, uh, I think it was five innings pretty solidly. And then he worked, gets into a little bit of a jam, which happens. And Pete Walker actually comes out. And he's they game plan. They figure it out. Like, hey, this is how we want to attack this batter. I, think, I believe he gets the out. And then I'm not sure if John Schneider was watching another game in the dugout. Maybe he was sleeping. I don't know. Maybe playing the bongos, doing his best Charlie Montoya rendition. Whatever he was doing, he decides to come back out of the bolt, out of the dugout. And goes up to Manoa, who is obviously frustrated. I mean, like, what are you doing out here, dude? Like, we we just had this meeting. Like, I'm not ready to come out. And he decides to go over his game plan for the next uh, at bat. Yeah. And the umpire comes and says, "Hey, John, uh, it's your second mound visit. You gotta you gotta take this guy out." And he just has no idea what is going on and, in the situation. And I think me and you. And I think me and you, we talked about 
um, the morale of the team. I think that was I think that was last episode that we did. We talked about keeping morale keeping morale high, right? And in that situation, a guy is finally starting to have a good at bat, finding that 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 morale and the confidence, the confidence, and then to come out and make a, an error like that, and then like we've seen, like we saw, he wasn't able to bounce back. Maybe if he goes out and has that good outing, maybe not, right? Maybe he blows it and and he gives up five runs, but maybe he has a good outing and that starts the comeback of Alec Manoa. You know, like it's, you never know what could have happened. Absolutely. So um, I I did want to transition this into, because this was something big that was on my mind is the attitude in the dressing room. And if I have to see Vlad Guerrero Jr. Smiling and dancing and doing whatever down to one up to one down six. Oh, if I have to see any of that, I'm going to throw a brick through my TV. Yeah, we've seen this with Vladdy throughout his entire career. I don't think managers have made too much of a difference in this instance, but this is what they were trying to do when they got rid of the home run jacket. They were saying, we want to be more of a serious team. And then you just have a bunch of instances where Vladdy's just, he gets picked off at second base in the playoffs, which is one that will come to the most fans' minds first. Uh, Base routing decisions, trying to uh, stretch singles into doubles where he has no chance of getting there. Yeah, And just... The situational baseball for Vladdy has always been a problem for me. And it's not just Vladdy. There are other teams on the, or other players on this team yeah. that uh, have struggled with some attitude problems. And this is why we have guys like we're getting guys like Brandon Belt, Kevin Kiermeyer. They're supposed to be role, model, role models in this uh, in this locker room. And we didn't really see too much of a change, in my opinion. No. And and when I look back again, I'm a huge Josh Donaldson fan. He's, he's probably my favorite player of all time. Uh, well known. I think I've said it every episode that we've done. But he played with a lot of grit and he took every instance, every part of the game seriously. He was out there to win. He was out there to do his job. And again, not saying that everybody has to be as crazy competitive and serious as Josh Donaldson. I don't think anybody wants that, but in the same respect, you got to have that drive. You got to have the want to win. That's what pushes you to have good at bats, right? I I've, I've coached, I've played, I've watched baseball my whole life. And you can tell when guys are not in the game. If, if if our base runners chatting to the guy on first base, how's your day going? Get in the game. That's that's the stuff that happens when you get picked off, and you and it comes back to bite you. And I, I if if I have to see that again this year, I'm going to throw a fit, and most likely I'll be throwing the fit on this podcast. So I, I I'm praying to God that that doesn't happen. And again, I don't need to see somebody throwing bats on the field, but but have a little intensity. See, I'm, I'm in that. I would love to see somebody throw bats on the field. I think that'd be entertaining from sure. a fan perspective. Go for it. Yeah. And maybe John Schneider, he's, he does show passion in the dugout. I will give him that. But uh, my question for you is, how long is your leash for John Schneider this season? Are you cutting him off like one more decision done? Or are you kind of no. just extending him for uh, at least the rest of the year? No, it's it looks like and it sounds like John Shannon is a John Schneider. Sorry, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of uh, Canucks hockey again, uh, but um, John Schneider. I, I think he's a player's manager. You know, the guys like him. They have obviously a lot of respect for him. Coming up with him, right? Um, the only thing that I could say, because a lot of it is just um, being around the game more, being around MLB play, right, and and being able to some experience. But the other thing is, I think you have to put your foot down with these players and say, 
you know, or to clean up some of these attitudes to, to tell them, are, are we here to win or are we here to have a good time? Are you getting paid to win or are you getting paid to sit around in the locker room and joke around? And, and that's where a manager has to come in and put his foot down. And, um, no, I, I don't think I give him a short leash. He's obviously he's liked and obviously has a lot of respect by his own players. So that's a big thing to have as well. Um, but where do you stand? I mean, are you with me or are you, or are you, you giving him the short leash? Um, I think I'm a little bit on, I think the problem with John Schneider is just, he has shown it time and time again. And just in my head, I'm thinking, why would it be any different coming up? I think that it's the problem with this is that it's tough because he has such a good win loss record. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think I almost could have been coaching the Jays yeah. and matching the Jays and probably had a similar record. I don't think the manager does too much in a dugout when you have the raw talent and the, just the practice that MLB players have. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I think he does a lot behind the scenes. Um, I, I will give his win uh, loss record is 133 wins to 97 losses. So it is a it is a big, you know, he's he's very far in the win total. But I do understand what you're saying. Where is he doing enough that they couldn't have brought in any other manager in the league and they would have done the same? And the only thing that I can say to against that is he seems to have a lot of respect. Like the players seem to have a lot of respect for him. So sometimes, you know, they, they will play for him and he backs the team up a lot in media and everything like that. He's, he's on his player's side, which some guys don't do. I mean, we see that a lot in the NHL right now, last year, especially when coaches would throw their players a little bit under the bus. And we haven't seen any sort of thing like that from John Schneider. That is true. You do have to keep your players happy in the dugout. I think the problem, just the problem with this Blue Jays team is just the situations that they have to be more serious in. Like, yeah, like it's obviously not as big of a deal. We're not saying that you have to be stone cold in the dugout, no yeah. emotion. Yeah. As a fan, I love seeing players have emotion. Yeah. It's one of the coolest things. The, the body just, you know, they do that, the celebration with the fist. Yeah. And it just, it fires everyone up yeah. after home runs, right? Yep. Yeah. You want to see that more as a fan. The bat flips, everything like that, right? It you, just has to be a balance where like, hey, like if we're down, if we're, if it's not a 10 run lead, then I don't really, or if you like walk-offs for sure, but I don't want to see anything in a close game where they're screwing around. Yeah, and and they should be happy when you're winning, be be upset when you're losing. You know, like they're, I'm I'm one of those people that if if I'm if I'm losing, I'm I'm not ever that was a good effort. No, I still lost. It's still not good, right? Um, so there has to be a little bit of of you're 100 right. The situational competitiveness, I think, is what it is. And I mean, we're just gonna have to see. I think I think the first couple games of the season, we'll see if anything's changed. That'll be very telling for uh, this Toronto Blue Jays roster. Um, yeah, and I mean, you know what? Um, we do have a lot coming up here. Um, we're gonna do Carter's big. We're we're kind of gonna try to like dial it back a little bit. We've we've sort of gone into like a little bit more serious stuff, but we want to have some fun on this podcast as well. Um, so Carter came up with this great segment. Uh, we're gonna get right into it. Um, but the NFL playoffs are coming up, right? Or are now? Yeah, yeah we're already at, yeah. We're mid NFL playoffs. A lot of good divisional matchups uh, coming up here: Ravens, Texans, Lions, Bucks, Niners, Packers. This, I mean, oh god, divisional weekend and the NFC NFC Championships are definitely my favorite time of the year for watching. Uh, obviously, the Super Bowl's good. The NFL and stuff. I, I want to fucking talk that whole bunch. Yeah. Okay. I, I this. 
yeah, we're actually right in uh, the divisional round right now. We got a lot of good matchups going on. Uh, Bucks. Sorry, I'm brain farting. Uh, Bucks. Bucks Lions. Uh, I got it right there. What's the other one? Yeah, we're actually uh, right in the uh, divisional round of the playoffs. Right. A lot of good matchups coming up. Uh, Ravens Texans and a good one there. Chiefs Bills. Same thing as last year. Hopefully, a redemption tour for uh, Josh Allen there. Then we got Lions Bucks and Niners uh, Packers. Which Which one are you most looking forward to? Oh, that's a tough question because I think those are all great matchups. By I think the Ravens and the Texans. I want to see Stroud just pick apart that Ravens defense. And with all this uh, NFL content going around, Locked On has launched its first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts on Locked On Plus and our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So as Carter was saying, the NFL regular season is wrapped up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when they place a $5 bet. That's 150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Well, you know, I could use, uh, I could use the win or lose because losing comes often. Uh, I'll help you can get at this point. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the app is very easy to use and so many different ways to bet. Uh, the live same game parlays, uh, I've used quite a bit recently, uh, on NHL because if a game's, you know, 1-1, 2-1, and I think a team's going to come back, I'll, I'll, I'll live game bet that. And I love that option. Um, there's a ton of new bets actually in the explore tab now, and you can make a parlay in the parlay hub, the best way to find popular parlays, which is really cool as well. Being able to, you know, look at, uh, look at some of the pre-made ones, decide on your own what you want to bet on. Uh, I love using that as well. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. All right. So I have decided that we're going to do something fun this time. And we're going to try to make this a new segment. It's not going to be every single week, just kind of here and there when uh, maybe it's a little bit slower in the Jays world. But this time, what we're going to do is a bar draft. So the premise is you have three Blue Jays that you can pick. And just the three Blue Jays you think you would have the most fun out at a bar with. So it can be um, players, coaches, anything? Players, coaches. If you want to pull somebody out of the minor leagues, go for it. Could I use Buck? Yeah. Yeah, I'll allow you to use Buck if you want him. But uh, we're going to give you the first pick here, actually. That's that's nice of you. I appreciate that. well, it's tough, right? Because I, I'm sort of thinking like, okay, do I want to go straight? Um, like, ooh, do I want to pick apart like the baseball mind? Or do I want to just like, you know, have a blast, go have, you know, a couple pitchers with or something, right? To consider here. Okay, I'm going to go Davis Schneider. The Stash Bros. The man. Stash Bros. That's right. It's coming back. Next episode, the Stash will be back. We'll be rolling. Um, no, I think he's, it's cool. It'd be cool to talk to him about, you know, coming up through the system and, and being a late pick and being able to, you know, make a huge explosion on the scene they actually call him babe which i found out yeah you didn't know that. no yeah, babe yeah. schneider yeah that's so uh, awesome yeah it's just that man he just does something to the ladies i guess huh? i guess yeah Jeez. and uh so whatever and i think he'd be a fun guy um I, i've liked him since he came to the blue jay or you know came up and started playing um so i think he'd be my pick who do you got i'm actually surprised that uh this person was left on the board i've been thinking about this for a while I got to go Kevin Gosman. Oh. I cannot believe that uh, you let him follow me here. But, I mean, uh, Kevin Gosman, he just he looks like he just loves to just have a good time. Just pack and dip. Oh, he, he, 
just some about him, some about his style and his character. I think Kevin Gosman would love to just get after at a bar. Yeah, absolutely. Like fire down some pints, maybe throw a couple darts. Yeah, you know what? You you actually. So I left him off my list. I have my list written on my paper, and I was like, you know what? He's gonna look at my list, and I don't want him to see Kevin Gosman. Some mind games playing, and he still picked him. Um. I don't know who to go as my number two. You know what? No, I do. Yeah. I'm going to go uh, Jordan Romano. Oh, good pick. Electric. Medium. Um, yeah. And, and he's just, you know, I feel like he's just a, just a good, good dude. He likes to have fun. Everybody sees him like out on the streets after the, after, you know, games or drink breaks and, you know, he's hanging out at bars and. Jordan Romano looks like the guy that would just be completely like dialed in during beer pong. Oh like, yeah. With the eyes he yeah, has yeah. on that mound. Like, oh, he would put some fear into my heart if I was uh, on the other side of the table. Yeah. 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 You're looking at or in darts, you know, he's just, he's just looking at you while you're shooting or something, giving you the eyes. He's, he's always trying to intimidate. You yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. For sure. He's, uh, one, he's a closer. That's what they do. Oh, absolutely. You don't want to get into a clutch situation with that guy. <laughs> so I actually, again, I, so that's a great pick. I, I had Jordan Romano as my third pick, but. This one, uh, I'm going to start this off with saying I do not condone drinking and driving whatsoever, and you should never do that. But I have to go with Pete Walker here. Oh, if my Pete God. Walker can have a good time and just hammer beers before driving, don't drink and drive, please. But <laughs> I think that if he actually like committed a night to just like, oh, I don't have to drive an Uber home, but just drink and just go get after it, I think that he could drink me under the table pretty easily. I, maybe I last 30 minutes with that guy. He's probably done 12 beers in half an hour. We're going to need to get a bowl of keys for that guy. So oh. we got to make sure that, you know, he stays far away from the... Uh... Yeah, we're going to need a safe for that guy. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Lock on the door, make sure that guy can't that's leave. Good. Oh, that's that's a great pick. That's a funny pick. Um, yes, also do not drink and drive, please. But great pick. Um, for my last one, I am actually going to go John Schneider. Okay, I respect that. I, I, I saw him after uh, they clutched the uh, or, or got confirmed into the playoffs and uh, clinched. Oh, those, and, uh, those videos, the videos. From the clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. He's, he's popping bottles, having a good time. I think he'd be a blast. And it'd be cool to see, again, to talk with him about being a big league manager, right? I think that would be cool, too. And I think you could get him to open up to yeah, you know, a couple of He just seems like, like just a typical like working class man, like yeah. blue collar guy. Very like, blue collar. Just uh, like gets home, like if he was working, say he was on the field combine, and gets home, just cracks a beer, and just like just spends time with the family. I can see uh, John Schneider seems like a very uh, family oriented man. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, your number three. Uh, this one might come to a surprise for some, but I think it's a great pick here at the my last pick here, and I have Kevin Kiermeyer. Oh, Kevin Kiermeyer, loved by Toronto fans, always just down to have a good time. Uh, the Toronto community just loves to see him just ripping around his bike. Maybe he's, uh, after his retirement, uh, hopefully not coming up too soon, but uh, maybe he's looking to apply to Tour de France. I think that would be cool. And I think just Kevin Kiermaier would keep the vibes up and everyone would be pretty happy. Yeah, he seems like a sort of a happy-go-lucky guy. Um, I know that um, you know when he first came here, he loved the city. The people loved him, sort of embraced him as one of their own. And, and I mean, to be one of the only Canadian city or Canadian teams or to be the only Canadian team yeah. in the league. Um, it, it's sort of one of those things where when you're one of us, you're one of us. Right. Um, and, and I think the Jays fans completely took him in as, as one of theirs. See, I think it's interesting because initially when he signed with the blue Jays, I wasn't too, I don't know. I was a little bit iffy about it because you see uh, him taking the uh, the lineup card there from uh, Kirk falling out of the pocket, and then obviously just the amount of home runs he's robbed in uh, in Rogers Center. But then obviously the first game of the year, he makes a spectacular catch with the new uh, wall dimensions there and wins fans over immediately. So I think that'd be just a great guy to just even hang out. You don't even have to be uh, at a bar or anything; just hang out in general. Yeah, 
Um, we do want to mention our Twitter accounts. Mine is Braden Five Iwasco or X or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, still, 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 I do X. this every time. I'll you'll, figure you'll it out eventually. Um, and then Carter's is Carter First Two because you couldn't get the one. You couldn't uh, get the one. And we want to thank. I, I got to find Carter First One or Carter First wherever he is. I don't know what what they what that guy's doing, I but I have, did I you look him up? I, I did, yeah. I did. Oh. He didn't really have too much available for me, so we'll, we'll get it. He's, he's hiding, I think. Yeah, we'll get it. Um, we want to thank you guys for all the support we've gotten. We've gotten a bunch of comments. We might do a mailbag segment, so if you guys, you know, give us your list. Who who would be three players that you'd like to go hang out with or grab a beer with or something? Uh, drop a comment. If you guys got questions first, you guys want us to cover something, drop a comment about that. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll look through them. If there's anything interesting that we find, we actually have a couple, I think we're going to bring up next week that were sort of cool free agency talks. So we might pull those, uh, next week, but, uh, we want to always thank you guys for watching. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for watching. Anytime that you have any comments that you guys want to see us, uh, covering the show, then feel free to leave it. Uh, I just want to say uh, one more time, uh, Locked On has that new 24-7 streaming app. Uh, the NFL playoffs coming on. Our NFL creators make a lot of great content over there. Uh, check out the Ravens, Bucks, and all the teams still left in the playoffs. Uh, 24-7 streaming app, so you can see it at 3 a.m., like you can see it at 3 p.m., whenever you want to digest your uh, NFL content. And if you're a Panthers fan like Kitty, um, you can still go. They still have uh, their podcast going. Julian Council does a great job, but I feel bad for him. <laughs> there is, there's not a lot going good in Panthers land right now, unfortunately. Be sure to check out the, the 24-7 streaming uh, channel on YouTube. Have a good thank one. you guys for watching. See you next time.